and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we connect you with issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, and often ignored. Prostate cancer is now the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the UK, and with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Today I'm speaking with Peter Hall, a recent HIFU patient, about his experience with prostate cancer. In particular, we're going to talk about how his age played a role in the treatments offered to him and what his experience suggests for older men. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a great pleasure, Claire. Wonderful. Um, so, Peter, let me ask the biggest question that's probably on all of our listeners' minds. How old are you? I am 87. Okay. I will be 88 in May of next year. Wonderful. Okay. So, and Peter, tell, tell us a little bit about your lifestyle. Are you fit and active and... What sort of things do you enjoy doing? Well, I'm, uh, fortunately, through the treatment that I have had, um, I'm extremely fit, and as a consequence of that, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, in my retirement, I enjoy painting because I train at art school, and so that's usually a summer thing I do, painting. Mm-hmm. Um, in the winter, my wife and I enjoy the great outdoors because we live in a small market town, um, in the Blackdown Hills of Somerset, and it's Lovely. just great to get outside. So, Peter, tell us a little bit about what happened when you were initially diagnosed with prostate cancer. Well, it was in 2015, and I was then 82, and I suddenly experienced a surge in my PSA figures, because I have an annual PSA, mm-hmm. and they went four, six, eight. Now, that is very bad news. So I requested a referral to a consultant. I did my homework on the Internet, of course. There's a vast amount of information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I was referred to a urological surgeon who was a specialist in something that was very new at the time, which was focal therapy, okay. uh, which is high few. And the guy who I saw was Tim Dudridge, uh, a leader in his field. Mm-hmm. After examination... Uh, he confirmed uh, that I had an early diagnosis of prostate cancer, which um, was a bit of a setback. He was a nice man. He was a very kind man. Um, he, he sat me down and we discussed options. And he explained to me what high few focal therapy was. And so having that understanding, we agreed that he would actually treat me with high few. Mm-hmm. This was carried out quite quickly within a matter of seven days of his diagnosis. What happened afterwards was surreal and because of the speed at which it happened. Mm-hmm. I had the treatment uh, during the morning or late afternoon. I stayed overnight in hospital to demonstrate that I could actually urinate Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came home uh, with a catheter and a bag strapped to a leg, yeah. uh, which were uncomfortable but yeah, irrelevant. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, and this was removed um, after about three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is where it really is unbelievable, okay, but this is what happened. Two days later, so we're talking about five days in total, mm-hmm. having had the procedure a friend and I played seven holes of golf using a buggy to Mm -hmm. get round Mm -hmm. and then we went into the clubhouse 
and the winner paid for lunch. <laughs> okay, and who was that? Yeah, uh, uh, me. Right. So I paid for lunch. Yeah. Amazingly, I've had no ill effects. Uh, I'm as fit and healthy as I've ever been. And that lasted for two years. And then the unbelievable thing happened. Yeah. Which was? Cancer returned. Okay. It was a small cluster of cells. And Tim said to me, they're in a difficult place to access. And therefore, I can't do HIFU again. I said, okay, what do you propose? He said, there is another focal therapy treatment available to you, which... I am recommending, and it's called cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, this sounds a bit like space wars. You can tell me about cryotherapy. What the hell's that? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. He said, well, cryotherapy focuses on each cell and freezes it solid without damaging the surrounding tissue. He said, all cells have water in them. Freezing them destroys them utterly. Mm-hmm. Like Haifu, this was very successful. And once again, after demonstrating I could actually urinate, yep. I was free to go. And my current PSA reading, which was done you know, a few months ago, mm-hmm. is a staggering one. Wow. I mean, a newborn baby is probably one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... These new treatments for prostate cancer are extremely effective and they have extraordinary success rates. Mm. Availability and access to them is another matter. So that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, before you went to explore and, and ultimately receive these, both of these different focal therapy treatments, did you have other recommended treatments offered to you? The answer is... As far as the NHS is concerned, because I mean, my GP works for the NHS, Mm -hmm. and he said to me, the NHS will offer you treatment, of course it will, and it will be surgery. He said, and there are other options available. I said, I'm aware of that. I don't know much of the detail. Mm. I said, but I do have private insurance. Mm -hmm. But whilst I was working... I worked for Allied Domecq, mm-hmm. a French company, spans the globe. Now, the package for a director and senior management on retirement was, as well as getting a pension, uh, you got private health care. Right. So I was able to say to my doctor, I'm very lucky. I've got private health care. I leave it to you to decide who you're going to refer me to. He said, well, with that in mind... They said, I'm going to refer you to To, to uh, Tim Dutteridge. Right, right. Well, boy, you were fortunate in that. I'm a very, very lucky boy. Yeah. Yeah. And when you first engaged with Tim, you never felt that your age was in any way an obstacle or a hindrance in in any kind of treatment? It never occurred to me Mm. uh, that my age would be an obstacle. It was only later when I realized that once you got to the age of 70, and I was 82, when you got to the age of 70... As far as the NHS was concerned, life could be very difficult. And how do you mean? Getting any kind of treatment. Yeah, is that something that you picked up from? It's the watershed. 
Did you pick that up from your own experience or from... No, I've only picked it up fairly recently, to be truthful. My age never, ever occurred to me, and Tim never mentioned it. So how did you pick it up recently? On the internet. Right, I see. Okay. And what about any friends or any of your golfing colleagues? Uh, well, in my, yeah, golf clubs are, are filled with people like me. <laughs> uh, they really are. Maybe not as lucky um, as you. Elderly <laughs> people, elderly males um, who play golf probably most of their life and... Once they retire, uh, they can play three or four times a week and they mm-hmm. can escape the winter uh, by going uh, to overseas, Spain particularly, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Portugal, and go for three months of the winter and, you know, have a really nice time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and have you talked with them about their own experiences? The answer is yes, but in a guarded way. Okay. Um, it's a sensitive subject, you know, as far as men are concerned, particularly as they get older. Yeah. But if in conversation uh, in the club uh, somebody casually mentions that the PSA has gone a bit wobbly, I've taken the opportunity to say, look, go on the internet, look at HiFu, look at people who are offering it. There are many, many options. It all depends on what kind of cancer you have got, particularly prostate cancer. Yeah. Prostate cancer in the UK kills 23 males every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, it's a, um, a shocking it's, statistic. They are, they are shocking. What's equally shocking, in my view, is that the government, for years and years and years, have put into place, and quite rightly, circumstances where women can have tests to make sure that they preempt. Uh, cancer. Yeah, so uh, you're referring like to mammography, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a three or four very serious cancers which are killers Indeed. for women. Yeah, um, ovarian they, and cervical but, and breast cancer, definitely. Yeah, and and there are screening processes for them. Yes. Uh, and, and that's very helpful. Yes. There is zero screening processes for male cancers and particularly prostate cancer. There is mm-hmm. nothing. That's true. Uh, no, you are entitled, as you know, to um, you know request a PSA test, and clearly, as you stated earlier, you've been doing that anyway. But you're right. I mean, you have an entitlement to ask, but many men don't know or choose not to ask. That entitlement has reappeared recently. If you go back eight to ten years, it was withdrawn by the General Medical Council. I had been having a PSA test from the age of 40, Mm-hmm. So I turn up one day when I'm 82 or something like that to my doctor and say, I've come for my annual PSA test. He said, there's a problem. I said, what, what problem? So the General Medical Council have withdrawn it. I said, okay, what happens now? Uh, he said, as far as you're concerned, nothing. Roll up your sleeve. So you, you received it anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it wasn't a given. It, yeah. it has now been reestablished. Yes, it has. You're right. You're quite right. Yeah, the argument for the PSA, as far as the General Medical Council was concerned, is that there was no solid medical evidence of it actually having efficacy, that it actually worked. But at the same time, they didn't have anything else to put in its place. Yeah, yeah. And so to this day, if you have any form of cancer as a male... Yeah, uh, you have treatment, no matter what the treatment is, the first signal that they look for 
that the treatment has, has worked is they give you a test and that's it. So you had a, a quite a fortunate experience in that you actually had your PSA test and that's what led you ultimately to your successful treatment both times. When I had the PSA test that revealed that I had early signs of prostate cancer, that was, as far as I was concerned, purely routine. If I had not taken that test, I would have just gone on and on and yes. on, like so many men. Yes. And it would, eventually it would have killed me. So but, what then, Peter, do you suggest, if you were to give some advice to, to older men like yourself who are diagnosed with prostate cancer, how would you advise them to seek the best advice and, and the best treatment? I have these conversations quite frequently because uh, you know, with, with men in my age group because you know, it, it's not a taboo subject by any means and I, I say look the first thing you've got to do is to establish a regular PSA test in your life and at your age annual isn't good enough you really yeah, need yeah. to have a PSA test every six months I said now if then you're unlucky or lucky whichever way you want to put it yeah is that there are new treatments for prostate cancer. It's not just a matter of having surgery yeah, and having your prostate removed or cut away or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can avoid that because the advances that have been made in the treatment of prostate cancer are huge, high few being one of the principal things. And you should really seek out a practitioner who will actually discuss with you whether HIFU is suitable. I said, at the end of the day, if you've got cancer and you're going to have treatment for it, you need to know what kind of cancer you've got and how extensive it is. And then discuss with the expert what kind of treatment would suit you best. And if you're comfortable with that, go for it. Yeah. Another question. You mentioned earlier when you were discussing how um, this has come up with some of your friends, and you mentioned that this um, conversation often happened on the golf course or at the golf club. Yeah. Do, do you think that um, golf clubs like yours are places where, you know, there can be more of a, I don't mean to say official, but, you know, a, a more of a scalable information campaign to actually uh, help men understand exactly the kinds of things that you're suggesting? The answer is yes. At least 10 years ago, in the men's toilets, official posters appeared mm -hmm. advising them in fairly straightforward English because yeah, this is men only yeah. <laughs> but the dangers of ignoring the first signs of a problem uh, with urinating uh, yep. because that can be an early indicator that there's something wrong mm -hmm. and the poster said do something about it because you may have prostate cancer and they're still there to this day it's, the subject in now is, is more open as far as men are concerned I think you're right, but it's interesting to hear you say that. And, you know, especially within, you know, groups of older men like yourself, that it's um, not something to be afraid of. Yeah. Well, you've, I mean, had, a, you've had a really good experience. And it's I've been very, 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 very lucky all the way through. Yeah, I can hear that. Well, I just want to thank you uh, for joining me today and speaking with me very openly about your experience. I mean, you really are quite an inspiration for other men and we're very keen for older men to understand that they do have options and those are very real. So thank you very much, Peter. Well, I, I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity uh, and I hope my tiny contribution just helps some poor guy down the road who doesn't quite know what to do.
Wonderful. A transcript of this interview is available on our website. If you're interested in learning more about HIFU and older men and how we approach it at the Focal Therapy Clinic, visit our website at www.thefocaltherapyclinic.co.uk, where you can access additional interviews with both patients and clinicians about their experiences with prostate cancer. Thanks for listening. And from me, Claire Delmar, see you next time. Thank you.